I'm John DiLiberto, and you're hearing the Echoes podcast from PRX. King Crimson are one of the powerhouse progressive rock bands who have been scorching the earth since their 1969 debut in the court of the Crimson King. They've had some ballad-like songs throughout the years, especially uh, during the time Adrian Ballou was the lead singer, but they were never thought of as romantic. But longtime Crimson drummer Pat Mastolato and his wife Deborah did. So they created an album called A Romantic Sky to King Crimson, covering tunes from across the band's career as sultry songs and lost tangos. Today on the podcast, I'll talk to the Mastolatos. Before we get there, though, I want to let you know that every month we pick out our favorite album and send it to members of the Echoes CD of the Month Club. Some recent picks have included London Grammar, Moby, Lana Del Rey, Steve Roach, Anna Brune, and Digitonal. Our June pick is Ulrich Schnauss and Jonas Monk's Eat Fragments of an Illusion, and in July it will be Lanterna's Hidden Drives. You can read my reviews at echoes.org, and while you're there, check out the Echoes CD of the Month Club. Get some great albums and help support the show at the same time. And now, let's turn down the lights, pull back the sheets, and hear the romantic side of King Crimson with the Mastelados. romantic side of King Crimson. That statement would probably make many a King Crimson fan laugh contemptuously or cringe. King Crimson, after all, is the powerhouse progressive rock band known for crushing songs like Red, Thrack, and 21st Century Schizoid Man. But King Crimson drummer Pat Mastolato and his wife, Deborah, have looked deep in the Crimson canon and come up with an album called A Romantic Sky to King Crimson. It's a play on the 1976 compilation album, A Young Person's Guide to King Crimson. And they aren't being ironic. Exactly. Well, I'll tell you a story. I've told other people this story, but this is when it clicked for me. I went with Pat to Chicago and saw Crimson Live, and that was when Adrian Ballou was singing with them. And I watched him sing Walking on Air Live. Close your eyes and look at me. And I watched a woman get up from her seat, wander almost in a state of hypnosis to the front of the stage, where she stood right directly in front of him, tears streaming down her face, while he sang Walking on Air right to her. And security came and tried to move her, and Adrian stopped them. He wouldn't let them move her because he knew she was having an emotional experience. And that's when I realized, oh, oh, King Crimson, it hits people like that. Surrender 
I'm talking to the Mastelados on Zoom from their home in Dripping Springs, Texas. Deborah is a platinum blonde who looks like she just stepped out of the Pink West salon that she owns. Pat, on the other hand, looks like he stepped off the stage of a two-hour crimson show, his shaggy salt and pepper hair in disarray. Pat Mastelotto has been one of King Crimson's drummers since 1994, when he was part of the double trio with drummer Bill Bruford. He's also in The Stickman with Crimson bassist Tony Levin and touch guitar player Marcus Reuter. But his wife Deborah isn't a professional musician. She was running her beauty salon before this project started. She never sung professionally. Deborah had never really sung uh, to a microphone. Well, no, I'd sing in a mic. I'd never sang on a record in a studio ever in my life. Yeah, it freaked me out a bit. <laughs> and Pat was like, come on, get up there. Here, put your face right here. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. The studio made me much more nervous than I am when I sing on stage. For some reason, it was much more difficult. Deborah actually wasn't a King Crimson fan when she met Pat around 2005. I was not a fan. I am a more of a jazz, independent music lounge, <laughs> um, as a jazz kind of girl. So um, Pat introduced me to King Crimson, and when he did, you know, it was through the records. So when we got the idea of doing a romantic King Crimson. It was because of that. I had a personal experience of having a man that I loved try to introduce me to a music that he loved that the introduction did not take <laughs> until I saw them live and saw that they also had beautiful romantic melodies and there were some very intense, like, soul-grabbing things that they were doing, but for some reason it didn't really translate for me through the record. So we started thinking about maybe a gateway record, <laughs> something that can introduce people that you love, almost like a romantic mixtape that you would make for somebody so that when they listen to it, they would have a soft spot in their heart for you who made it for them. They pick songs from across the King Crimson catalog. One of their techniques to make them more uh, romantic was a cell phone app they used on the song Matakutasai. It originally sounded like a lazy float down a river. Lots of them we started in hotel rooms the year before COVID just discussing these ideas and using a phone app called the Amazing Slower Downer to try and change the key and the tempo and find where we were comfortable before we ever started to do it here at home. They slowed the pace of the song even more, turning it into a swampy late night rendezvous at a smoky lounge. 
My reference, because of what you just mentioned, might be curious, was uh, David Lynch, Lost Highways. I wrote my friend Marco Macero. He's in Italy, but he's actually in Belgium on lockdown. Couldn't get out of there. And I said, can you help me? I hear this as a slow 12-8. I hear it with a lot of low trombones, tubas. I sent him a couple tracks from Lost Highway, an instrumental track, the uh, Marilyn Manson track. Deborah's singing on it is much more tragic than Adrian Ballou's. I love that. I love the tragic torch song, doomed female singer. Much of the instrumentation on the album came from students who attend a music camp. We do this camp with uh, Adrian Ballou and, and Tony Levin and I. We've done it for about 10 years. It's up in the Catskills. And we call it the Three of a Perfect Pair Camp. And we have about 100 campers. We call them our campers. But they're artists and musicians from all over the world that are attracted to King Crimson and our solo projects. And they come for this camp, which isn't really like one of these rock and roll fantasy camps where people jam, you know, to play hair metal or something. We sort of interact and we pick a couple songs each night, like they can play Elephant Talk with Tony one night or Red With Me. Most of these musicians were hardcore Crimson fans, but had to be broken from just replicating the original songs. I think it worked better for me because I don't have any history of listening to those songs done the old way. It was harder for the musicians we called in because they had it stuck in their head. They kept saying, well, when Robert does it, he does it like, and we're like, mm-mm, we forget all of that. We want you to do it as if you have never heard these songs before. Deborah brings a jazz sensibility to the phrasing of King Crimson's vocals. It makes sense. I mean, that I have fond memories of singing those old standards in my house as I was growing up. It's what I listen to even now. You know, I have, uh, it's kind of a, I guess, a fusion of jazz and old standards. Esperanza Spalding, I just love that woman. But also, I listen to Dinah Krall. You know, there's that combo of emotive soul stuff. When I goes laughing When I goes crying Through the trials And trying Of one Mastelados go all the way back to King Crimson's debut for material, pulling the track Moonchild that was already slow and dreamy, but they turn it hot and sultry. 
When we were working with Slower Downer, trying to find our attitude and tempo and pitch, uh, we were actually working with a live version with Jacko singing because I used a skeleton of a live Japanese performance to sort of mock out the songs. Actually, the very first note you hear is a bit of a Bill Rieflin sound accompanied by one note of Robert sustaining. But that blends right in with Laura Scarborough. When she was here, she put vibes on the songs and uh, she put the vibraphone on there, which is the dominant instrument, I think, on the track. The interesting thing about Moonchild is it's one of those King Crimson songs that has been covered a lot. So I wanted to make sure we didn't do it like anybody else did it. So I went through and found all the Moonchild covers I could find. And they all kind of sat in that same structure, the same King Crimson structure that they started with. And that's when Pat and I were like, how can we make this really different? Let's break that structure up and make it not even applicable. Pat Mastelato is getting ready now to go back on the road with King Crimson in the fall. I had to ask the obvious question. What did King Crimson founder Robert Fripp think of the project? Yes, we understand um, that he and Toya danced the tango in the kitchen to Inner Garden with those beautiful accordions that were done by Christian Costantini. Mastelados even turned King Crimson's Elephant Talk, Adrian Ballou's manic discourse from the Discipline album, into something seductive. tackle the romantic side of ACDC next. For now, there is their album, A Romantic's Guide to King Crimson. It's out on 7D Media. I'll have a link for The Romantic's Guide to King Crimson by the Mastelottos in the posting for this podcast at echoes.org. Next week, I've got another icon of Echoes, Hammock, the ambient guitar duo. They are the 27th icons of Echoes. And I've got Sunroof, the electronic project of Daniel Miller and Gareth Jones, who almost single-handedly launched the electronic pop revolution of the 80s through recordings by The Normal, Depeche Mode, John Fox, and many more. They have a new all-electronic and definitely not pop project out. I'm John DiLibretto. This has been the Echoes Podcast from PRX. See you next week, tonight, on the radio somewhere in the country or at Echoes Online right now or whenever you want.